Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business, where I talk with interesting people sharing life and business experiences to entertain, engage, build community, and provide information to help others succeed. If you're interested in learning more about one of our guests or how we are helping business owners generate wealth and build businesses they can sell or succeed at Exit Your Way, you can find more information on our website, ExitYourWay.com, or by contacting me directly, Damon at ExitYourWay.com. I hope you enjoy the show. All right, everyone, welcome once again to the Faces of Business. I'm your host, Damon Pastalka, and with me today, I've got Bill Brady from Trumi Wireless. Bill, thanks for being here today. Hey, thanks for having me on. Super excited to be here with you. I am really excited to have you here as well. It's so cool because I, you know, honestly, I don't think I've ever talked to a tech person on this show yet. <laughs> well, now, I, I own a tech company. I don't know that I'm the tech person. Let's <laughs> clarify that right out of the gate. <laughs> there, we, there we go. There we go. I talked to somebody from a tech company, though. That's what I can say. This is cool because, you know, if, if people haven't haven't heard about Trumi Wireless before, we're going to talk about that a little bit. But, Bill, tell us a little bit about your background. I mean, you, you were at BYU, and you were like student body president. <laughs> I was. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I mean, because you actually at, at that level in a in a university, you're you're managing a pretty good sized budget. You got a lot of people that are doing a lot of things. Yeah, it was a phenomenal experience. You know, my whole life I've always been drawn to politics and leadership. And um this is gonna sound nerdy, but I was uh, I've been the student body president of every school I've attended. Like is I was the student body president of my, you know, my elementary school, my high school, and BYU. Um, awesome. And uh, I guess grad school. I did. I get grad school breaks the mold for that. I didn't. It wasn't uh, wasn't student body president at grad school, but uh, but yeah, I've always just been drawn to that kind of thing, and it and it was um, a really neat experience at BYU to work with so many students and. Mm-hmm. Be very closely involved with the, the the school administration, and we worked on some some big projects that year that you know still have an impact today on student life on campus. So that's been kind of fun to kind of fun to watch. Oh yeah, that's cool. That's cool when you can help to to shape some of the aspects of the college. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I saw that. I had to ask about it because it's, I mean, you just don't see that very often because there's not that many. So it's good. So tell me a little bit about your background so people kind of understand because we're going to talk today about Trumi Wireless. It's a it's a, a, a wireless phone system and phones for, for children and to help them. We're going to talk about how that, you know, it really helps building healthy technology relationships uh, right from the get-go, and, and some of the incredible features of the systems you guys have developed there. But give us a little bit about your background and, and kind of how, how you got where to where you are today doing what you're doing. Yeah, so I'm actually a, um, a marketer by trade. Uh, early on, I don't know, I was in my early 20s, 20, 21 mm-hmm. maybe, 
And um, while I was saving money to actually move from Canada to, to attend BYU, um, I was working a couple jobs and the Canadian dollar at the time was just brutal. It was worth mm -hmm. 60 cents American. And so I was working two jobs. One of them was selling newspaper advertising. And it was in that process that I really kind of developed, you know, a love of communication and marketing and that kind of thing. And that's what I ended up studying at Brigham Young University. And all the way back then as a student, so this is, you know, this is going back, this is going back a few years now. But even back then, email was a new thing. Uh, there were no smartphones. There was no text messaging. Yeah. There was certainly no social media. And, mm -hmm. but even back then I had this concern that showed up in a lot of the papers I wrote for school as I was studying communication about the dehumanizing effect of technology on the way we communicate. Uh, and there were, you know, some great authors at the time, uh, trying to remember a couple titles for you, but there, you know, I did a lot of reading about this, the, the, the potential danger of yeah. what too much technology might do to, to humans. And at the time, you know, I was just thinking in, in the context of adults, but then I became a dad and, you know, that's really my most important job is I'm a dad. Yeah. And yeah. I've got five phenomenal kids. Uh, my oldest turned 18 just this past weekend. And my youngest turned six this past week. So wow. I've got, you know, that. Uh, You're busy. And right there. Yeah. You're just busy. So, so first of all, first of all, <laughs> good. how many sports weekends do you and your wife split and go? I mean, you just kind of see each other in passing or hand a sandwich off to the other one while you grab the kids and go to the next one. Is that that's, pretty much normal? Uh, that's every weekend and two or three times during the week. <laughs> Yeah, that's getting awesome. having your oldest turn 16 and get their driver's license is about the yes. best thing ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's just like a that's a godsend right there because yeah. that, that just you get another driver in the family, it's a, a wonderful thing. But no, there's those are wonderful times. I can remember back with our with our we we had two kids, it was much easier, only one played sports, but uh, those are wonderful times with your children to be able to, to be out there watching them have fun, watching them play, getting to meet all the other parents and the, the wonderful relationships you build with those people as well. It's a great time. Oh yeah. It's a great, it's a great yeah. time. So, you know, it was in this process of becoming a dad that, you know, all of my concerns about technology got a lot more personal. Yeah. And, you know, my wife and I, from the very beginning of our marriage asked a lot of questions about, Okay, how are we going to handle things like video games? You know, later it was, you know, are we going to have video game consoles? Or are we not going to? How are we going to encourage our kids to be outside and playing instead of just sitting on the couch and watching TV? And, yeah. and credit to my wife on this, like that she's just always been very, very conscientious. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, she does a challenge with our kids every year to spend a thousand hours outside. Um, oh, that's cool. It's phenomenal. So, you know, when the whole question of phones came up, uh, it was, uh, it, you know, there were issues involved that we were already thinking about and aware of. And certainly all of that accelerated with smartphones and social media. And, uh, you know, just with some of my background, I think we, we've always been really sensitive to 
we don't want to just give our kids everything. We want to introduce technology to them in a more measured way. Certainly, they've got to learn how to use it. That's part yeah. of life. Yeah. And to be effective adults, they're going to have to learn how to use technology. But we just didn't want to say, hey, take it all at once. Good luck. You know, yeah. we wanted it to be a more measured approach, a more graduated approach where they could have what they needed that was truly appropriate for their age yeah. and not give them more than that until the legitimate need existed. We, we talk a lot about being purposeful or intentional in mm -hmm. the way that technology is used in our family. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's really interesting that you're, you're thinking about it in a, in a stepped approach, right? And, it, and we've seen some of the other technologies out and we'll talk about Trumi in a minute. It's, it's just one of these things that I've seen, think that has tried over the years. Cause even when, when my son who's 22 now was young, they had the little, we had the little phone that had like four numbers in it that it could call, you know, and it really wasn't much more than that. And then I think they had some watches yep. that came out that uh, my, my nephew had and, and, you know, but the, the thing that really strikes me is, is what you've done at Trumi and we'll talk about it in a moment, but you, you really have structured this so people can build that relationship with technology over time allowing the appropriate uses as, as we get old, as the children get older. Um, so we're, when you sat back and you thought about Trumi and, and the fact of um, technology that will help these kids to really build a healthy relationship, did, did you guys like go and consult with people and figure out, okay, what are the kinds of things that they should have at each age and yeah. you know, this and that? Yeah, yeah ab absolutely. So I had a little bit of experience in the industry, you know, uh -huh. from, a, from another venture that I worked on, but really it came down to a lot of research. Um, my partner and I talked to 300 moms Oh, wow. Uh, we also commissioned a nationwide research study through a, a market research firm at Los Angeles. Yeah. And, you know, very, very scientifically based study yep. where they talked to over 800 parents. And really, we wanted to test our own assumptions and our own biases, frankly, and our own preferences against you know, what does everyone else in the country say? Not just yeah. where we live, but coast to coast. What are mm -hmm. the attitudes about kids and and uh, and devices? And yeah. you won't be surprised to know that the uh, what we learned in this research was parents from every background are becoming increasingly concerned and conscientious about the way kids adopt technology. It's not just certain demographic groups or certain ideological or religious groups. It's, it's everyone. And, and the issues that stand out, number one is safety. You know, I, I, yeah. I want my kids to be safe online, safe from, you know, pornographic or violent content, but also safe from predators and bullies and, and people that would do harm. Yeah. And Damon, the one that's really growing is, is not what was obvious a couple of years ago. And that's the safety from 
a lot of the mental challenges and yeah. emotional challenges that are springing up, you know, in kids from coast to coast. Uh, you know, we're learning. It, it used to be a theory. It's not a theory anymore. Yeah. It's as plain as day. And Facebook and Instagram, you know, Facebook knows this, as the mm -hmm. Wall Street Journal pointed out in a, in a, a series of articles this last year. Um, social media is dangerous for kids in terms of creating stress, anxiety, depression, this yeah. overwhelming feeling, especially in young girls, of not being good enough, of not being beautiful enough, of yeah. not having what my friends have and doing what my friends do. And there are some authors, uh, there's there's one uh, researcher uh, out, of, out of California, I think she's at UC San Diego, and, and she talks about us being on the cusp of the biggest mental health crisis our country has ever known because mm -hmm. of the effect of technology and all our great, beautiful, you know, young people. What a tragedy. Yeah. I mean, what a tragedy if, if the, the, the damage that's being done to our kids is happening right at their fingertips and right under our noses, literally. Uh, Boy, it, as parents, we've got to be more conscientious. Yeah. And I think, I think it, one of the things that you, you brought up, I think is really uh, pertinent in this is all parents are concerned, right? So it's all parents are concerned, first of all. And, and second of all, it's not, it's not a, a we think it's, we know that this is causing these kind of uh, a, if nothing else, the bullying and the other stuff, but the, the mental and emotional problems that these things are causing as if we're we're exposing our children to them un uh, unmetered or unrestricted from a young age until whenever it's it's a lot more difficult for them to develop the the, the kinds of relationships and 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 self-image yeah that that they really would without it and yeah that you know so when we when we Talk about what were what were some of the things that you learned in this research that really surprised you? You know, one of the biggest surprises um, was that there there was no correlation to, for example, conservatism. You know, a lot of people would assume that oh, if you're uptight about these things, you must yeah. be an old fuddy duddy, you know, religious zealot, and yeah. you know, political conservative. Not at all. Like zero correlation. Zero. None. <laughs> so every parent agrees on one thing, at least. We want to protect our kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, so I think, you know, that a lot of people have a, perhaps assumed that. Um, but and credit to the media for this, frankly, Damon, credit to the media for getting out the, the the facts and the concerns. And there's a lot more conversation happening now in the public forum about some of the, the, the dangers that are out there. We didn't talk about it 10 years ago. Yeah. But, it, yeah. you know, look at um, the New York Times has run a phenomenal set of articles. The Today Show has done a variety of segments. The Wall Street Journal has done a variety of articles. And more and more, it's okay. It's okay as a parent to say, I don't want to give my kids all the technology right up front. I yeah. want to be more measured. I want to be more uh, 
thoughtful about that process. One of the things that's emerged from all of the, the conversation that the media has done, uh, and if you've watched uh, on Netflix, I'd, I'd ask, I'd invite everyone to watch The Social Dilemma on Netflix. Yes. And, and that makes it clear that the people who build the technologies keep their kids away from it. Mm-hmm. That should tell you something. Mm-hmm. If the if the very people who build this stuff say, "Yeah, I'm not going to give that to my kids," um, that that's pretty that's pretty telling. Yes. Well, I mean, when, when, hey, let's be honest. The social media platforms, whatever platform you're talking about, are there to make money. They're there to make money, and the primary driver of revenue for them is ad spend, and that's going to come from whatever group they deem is appropriate to 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 advertise on their platform and the better they can target you, the more money they can make. That's simple. And, you know, it's, it's the, the social dilemma, other things like this, and social media is going to be social media and it's great for some people, but when you're young like that, the, the influential effects of it can be so much greater if you're not ready to really try to filter because right. as an adult it's almost impossible it is but it's hard. but as a, a 10 year old or a 12 year old it's it's it is impossible it's a you you just take it for for reality in a lot yeah. of cases um for whatever it is so i think that's that's really telling that the these so many media outlets are coming out with it and, and really exposing or showing us what what could be the effects and, and what what we really should be concerned about with these types of technology. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So when, when, so let's talk about Trumi wireless a little bit because Trumi wireless is a, is a combination of Google based cell phones and a system behind it that allows you to buy a cell phone. And I believe you said you use Samsung cell phones and and as my children age, I can I can set it up for my eight year old. And then when they're nine or 10 or 11, I can adjust the way that phone works to their age. So let's let's talk about this, because this is what I think is is pretty phenomenal about the Trumi system, because that it's not like you said before is you send your like I did with my son sent him to school with, with a little phone that had four, um, I think there were four or five numbers you could program into it. And everybody looked at it and kind of made fun of him. Right. So let's talk about your, the Trumi system a little bit. And, and then we, we, you mentioned some feedback you got from one of your kids too. I'd like you to include that. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, kind of back up one step to yeah. kind of the, the whole landscape in general. You know, if you're a parent and most parents are getting phones for kids younger and younger because very few people have a landline anymore at home, right? Mm -hmm. So if you've got a a kid home babysitting the other kids, I mean, it's imperative they have something, you know, uh, or it wouldn't be safe for them to be babysitting. So that age keeps coming down. And and if you're a parent saying, okay, I'm going to get my child's first phone for them. Right now, there's this, this spectrum on the, in the landscape. On one end, you could say, hey, I'm going to get my child a $1,300 iPhone. And yeah. it can do anything and everything 
and I'll just give it to them. They'll figure it out. Good luck. You know, more and more parents are realizing that's, that's not the, that's not necessarily the smartest way to do it because of the inherent dangers of everything that iPhone can do. Um, On the other end of the spectrum, there have been a variety of, of solutions that have come out over, over several years, frankly, there's been this, this realization of, Hey, we need to be able to give kids something, whether, you know, think there was a, something called the relay device didn't look like a phone at all. Just a little pod that you could talk into. Uh, you know, there was the, the gizmo watch from Verizon that came out yep. where you could have a, you know, nine phone numbers and some canned text messages. And uh, more recently there have been some devices that look more like the smartphone form factor, but are very, very limited locked down to talk and text only. Okay. And frankly, for a younger kid, that's fantastic. That's great. If you're giving a phone to an eight-year-old and it does talk and text only, I applaud that 100%. Mm-hmm. The challenge is that that only stays practical for so long. And, and this is where my journey began, where I had given my own daughter, this is what you were alluding to, my own daughter... Uh, She's my second daughter. When she was 12, we gave her her first phone. And it was one of these very locked down, limited devices, talk and text only. The day that we gave it to her, she was excited. She was thrilled to have her first phone finally. Yeah. 30 days later, she never had it with her. And when I say never, I mean literally never. It sat on the kitchen counter and collected dust. And so I pulled her aside and I said, hey, Jenna you got to give us some feedback here. We got this device. We need you to have it with you so we can reach you. That's why we got it. How can you never have it with you? And she said some things that really changed my paradigm about, you know, what should go into a phone for kids. And she said, dad, uh, it's just not that useful to me. It doesn't do any of the stuff I want it to do. So why would I have it with me? And so my initial my initial response was a little defensive. And I said, well, you know, we're not doing social media. So what are the things that you want to do? Yeah. And, and she went down a list of half a dozen things that made me sit back as a dad and go, huh? Yeah, those are all great. (laughs) You know, for example, she wanted, you know, a higher quality device that had a great camera. She said, photography is my hobby but I've got to have a camera that takes good pictures. I'd like to have an app for graphic design. I have to have Canvas and Google Classroom for school. It's mandatory. It's required. I'd like to be able to use like Google Docs or you know other, other apps like that for school. And she listed off a few other things and I just sat there going, I, I don't fault you, Jenna, I get it. <laughs> yeah, you talked right to the user base there. And that's where that's where the vision for for Trumi really evolved. It was, hey, what if we could give parents a device that they could give to their kids where the parent could custom fit that to the maturity and the very specific needs of an eight year old or a 10 year old or a 12 year old or a 15 year old? and have that device remain practical and relevant to them. 
you know, where they don't outgrow it in six months. And uh, so that's what we set out to do. We built a built an operating system called Kids Smart OS that we put on Samsung devices. And uh, with that operating system created what we call the phone that grows with your kids. And that's really the effect that we've in uh, the offering we've brought to market. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is, this is what I think is really interesting and so, so different from other systems that you develop because you, you've talked about this operating system that you developed and explain a little bit about that, because I think this is really something as you talk about my, my child is getting older and how we can adjust the phone as my child gets older. Yeah, thank you. you know, the first challenge, the first thing that we that we put a lot of thought into was ease of use. You know, there are some good controls on Apple devices. Yep. You know, there are some good controls on Android devices. They're hard to use. They're they're complex. They're hard to keep up on. Frankly, kids can outsmart them. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, we wanted to come up with something that kids couldn't circumvent. Uh, and it was also easy, you know, just so easy that to use that a parent wouldn't get tired and give up. It would be easy for them to set up and easy for them to make any changes they wanted to make. So all of the controls for the phone are not on the phone. They're in what we call the Trumi parent portal. And a, a parent logs into their parent portal and, uh, and that's where they make the decisions for each child's specific phone environment. We have three Trumi phones, phones in our family. Each one is set up differently. Mm -hmm. It's not a one size fits all. It's literally, here are the settings for Ainsley's phone. Here are the settings for Jenna's phone, et cetera. And, uh, and, and easy. So for example, the first decision that a parent makes is, do I wanna turn on safe listing? You know, that was one of the that was one of the other complaints I had about other technologies was, yeah, something might be talk and text only. But if that kid can talk or text with anyone, anyone can reach them. They're getting spam calls. They're getting mm -hmm. weird voicemails from, you know, drug dealers. Know. Yeah, yeah. That the situation. Yeah. So, you know, we put something called safe listing on our phone where a parent can say, hey, only, only people on the contact list that I build in the parent portal can reach my child. It could be five phone numbers. It could be 500 phone numbers. There's no limit. But if your name is not on and your number is not on that list, you cannot call, period. Yeah. You cannot text. And we even have it set up so kids can add their own phone numbers. They meet a new friend at school. They wanna get that friend's phone number the child can still add that to the list. And depending on the level of security for an older kid, they can just add it to the list for a younger kid. You might have it set that so that you still get to approve it inside the parent portal. Yeah. Um, so that's the first thing, you know, the second thing is deciding, uh, you know, do I want to allow group text and picture picture messages? That's one click. I can turn that on. I can turn that off. Um, where it really starts to get into some different functionality to meet the needs of kids is through a safe browser that we built. So that was one of my daughter's complaints, you know, that she has to use a browser for, for 
for some projects at school and frankly, mm-hmm. for some of her hobbies. And let's be honest, there's a lot of garbage on the internet. There's also a lot of fantastic stuff on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. And so our vision was as a, as parents, let's create in the parent portal, a place where you can say, yes, I want to enable the kids smart browser, we call it. Mm-hmm. And there you designate what website domains are available. So by default, everything is turned off. And then you just say, hey, I want to allow these 5, 10, 15, 50 domains. And then when the kid opens that browser, they can literally only go to those domains. There's no search bar. There's no place to type in a a URL. It's literally a list of the approved websites and they can go to those websites. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. So, So a young person begins to learn how to use the internet responsibly. And you have peace of mind that they're not looking at dirty pictures and watching violent videos and just wasting hour after hour after hour on social media. Um, But they're still getting the the resources they need. And then the last thing is uh, through the addition of what we call kids smart apps. Uh, There's no app store on the phone. But again, inside the parent portal, we have curated a suite of apps that we have vetted for safety. Um, you know, and, and we've made right now, there's about 70 that are available. Whereas a parent, you can say, yeah, you know, and, and we suggest sitting down with your child and doing this beside each other. You know, what are the apps that you need? What are the apps that you'd like from this list? Okay, let's add this one, this one, this one, this one, etc. And you can have constructive conversations about each and decide whether it's time, whether it's not time. Mm-hmm. Uh, no social media, no harmful games, uh, nothing that leads to pornographic content. All of that stuff we 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 keep out. But you know the kids can get some of the apps they need for school and music and healthy hobbies, and they love it. That makes that gives parents the ability to make the phone relevant again to an eight year old yeah. or a fifteen year old. And, uh, and that's what, what people are really resonating with. Yes. And you said, you said too, that there, there was a couple other features that I really liked when we were talking about the, the parent portal is like, you can read all the text messages from the parent portal. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, David, every parent can picture this moment, right? Yeah. uh, All right. It's time to do a weekly look at your text messages. You know, parents should be doing that. Parents should be checking in on kids' text messages. Yeah. I, I believe. And, but the, but no one likes that moment of, okay, hand over your phone. What's your password? Okay, I'm going to read these while I stand here in front of you. Parents hate that and kids hate that. So we built remote text monitoring right into the parent portal. So that, and and we don't suggest hiding it. Kids should know that parents have access that they can Mm -hmm. see. It's not a secret, but it means that I can look at my my kids' text messages anytime, anywhere, and just make sure that they're not getting into any uh, dangerous situations, that they're using good etiquette and learning, you know, good, good uh, communication skills for kind of this online world. And if I ever see anything that's concerning, I can I can say, 
hey, let's talk about that conversation you had with Marcy, you yeah. know, and, uh, you know, it, it, having that right in the parent portal is something that people love, 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 love. Yeah. I had, I had to fib to my kids and told them that I could do it anyway. Uh, I can still remember that years ago. I mean, like I said, my kids are older, but I can remember, <laughs> I can read your text messages from our account. So don't, <laughs> <laughs> They never tested it, but but it's it's funny. I wanted to just say thanks. Kevin Heisler's on here. He said he's got he's getting starting to go through this, so he's going to be uh, checking out the Trumi options. Uh, awesome. Kevin is with uh, Gen Alpha Technologies in Wisconsin. There, so awesome having you today, Kevin. But so when when you started to do this, so you get the system, you get the phones and stuff. What are some of the things that that you hear from people that you go, man, I never thought about that, but it's really cool. In terms of, of things we're hearing from parents or how do you mean? Yeah, things you're hearing from parents, things you're hearing from kids using the devices, just feedback oh, you're getting. Yeah. So a couple stories. Uh, this one I just loved, just loved. We got a letter from a 14-year-old girl recently who went out of her way her mom didn't even know about it. And she wrote a letter to us. And uh, in the letter, she explained that previously she had an iPhone. She'd gotten into some trouble. She didn't tell us what it was. Yeah. And, uh, but her mom had taken away her phone for two months. And, uh, and mom said, okay, it's time for you to get a phone again. But we're not doing social media, sweetheart. It just, it's just not worth it. So here's a, here's a new phone. It's called Trumi and there's no social media on it. And at first, and the girl described that at first she was like, <sighs> but then she realized, Hey, I should be really thankful because, because of these Trumi people, I get a phone again and it's a nice phone. It's a, you know, it's a high quality Samsung phone, but here's the best part that I love the most she said at the end of the letter, she said, who would have imagined that I could be so happy without social media? And she said, I love not having to worry about it. Thank you so much. Yeah. And, you know, that was really validating for us. You know, that, you know, a 14 year old girl in New York City who had had the habit of being on social media could step back and say, hey, I realize I'm better off without it. Yeah. Um, so that, that was a cool experience. Uh, another one in this one, you know, very, very, very sensitive. Um, but we had one of our, one of our parents reach out cause his son had been accused of something that he did not do. Uh, but very, very serious. And, yeah. uh, and I got on the phone with him and, uh, like it was a serious, serious enough thing that the police had asked for the phone. Yeah. And, uh, and the police forensics lab reached out to him and said, what kind of phone is this? We can't get into it, <laughs> <laughs> which I loved, you know, because yeah, of the, yeah. the um, you know, big impact we've put on security. But long story short, uh, this dad was in tears with me. Uh, I talked to him on the phone and, uh, and he said the evidence that the police needed that we're looking for that exonerated his son and showed that he was not guilty of anything was uh, in our remote text monitoring. 
The messages wow. had been deleted everywhere else, but the police found in the in that remote text monitoring what they needed that kept this kid from being from having his life changed dramatically. Yeah. Um, which uh, you know, again, that's that kind of thing we hope doesn't happen very often, but thank goodness, you know, we had yeah. that feature there that helped in a tough situation. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's cool because it it there's just so much that that kids can and and, and let's face it, that kind of stuff kids have got into for years and years and years and decades and millennia. But the the fact of the matter is most kids have phones on them now, all this kind of stuff gets around and, and they talk about it. And I can imagine where if you are innocent in this kind of situation that you're speaking of, not being able to delete the text messages, but the text messages between the other kids and everything else that you've already approved remaining in the parent portal would be, would be very valuable in that instance. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Ha. Huh. That's something. So it's, it's, uh, it's really, it's, it's quite impressive that the, the thought that has gone into this to really get something that as your kids get older, you can adjust with them. So like, Hey, they need to have this app that that's, that's for science or whatever it is. Now they need this or that, or they're ready to go into something else. You can uh, just give them access to it as they need. So is there kind of an upper end that that you really look at this phone and go, this is for this age or or is there not? I, I love that. I love that that question is on your mind. Um, what we're seeing is that that, you know, a lot of families are finding that, you know, when you have the the uh, the safe browser turned on, when you have apps enabled, that it can be. You know, because it, you've got half a dozen options for listening to music that most kids are finding even at 15 and into 16. We've got Google Maps on there for kids that are driving okay. at 16. Um, you know, they're, they're finding that it's, that it's relevant and, and, and still practical for them. That said, Damon, we want kids to graduate and grow out of what we're doing. We want yes. them to be prepared for the next step. And that, that's another major philosophical difference between Trumi and some of our competitors that have this lock it down, lock it down. Don't trust them. Lock it down mentality. That's just not where we're coming from. And by the time a, a, a kid is 17 years old and they're going to be leaving home in a year, I think they should be moving on and yeah. they should be learning how to have a, you know, by this point, we hope they've had a, learned very disciplined habits with technology and they can graduate into that next device where you as the parent are feeling like I have done everything I can to teach them positive habits, to not get them into some of the, the dangerous temptations when they were younger yeah, and, uh, and now they're, they're going to be leaving home and they're ready. That's what we want. That's yeah. what we want. Yeah. As we've talked before, that's the, the, the way that your, your, your system and the phones can progress with these kids as they grow is something that I really like because it is that you become adults. There's, there's things you just have to 
it's it's not fend for yourself, but you have to be responsible for your own actions. Yeah. And it's time to time, like you said, you graduate to driving a car, you graduate to to moving out of the house and and finding a job and doing and you know adulting as we would say, and, <laughs> uh, and it's it is it, it is cool that you really are are developing it so they can graduate beyond it. You know, I had a conversation. I've had this this conversation several times, but in one particular instance, I was talking to some parents whose uh, 17 and a half year old son was still using one of these other completely locked down devices to talk in text only. And he resented it. Oh, he resented it. And when he, the child, the, the young man was not around. And I said to his dad, what do you think is going to happen when he leaves home in six months? Yeah. Like if, if all of a sudden he goes from no access to the internet to unfettered access to the internet, he's not mm -hmm. built any, any positive constructive habits. That kid's going to be addicted to pornography in two weeks. Yep. He just, he hasn't learned how to use technology responsibly. And, uh, yeah, you know, so I, I think kids do need to learn and graduate and, you know, have have options that increase with their needs and maturity. Well, yeah, it's just it's it's you know, like I said, it's, it's graduating into more and more responsibility as you get older and, and to be able to then, you know, use it appropriately. Yeah, good stuff. So what do we what do you see for the future of Trumi? So what what are some exciting things on the horizon? <laughs> um i'm gonna be careful not to say too much yeah <laughs> that where, where people are like holding me to it like you said on damon's show that you know uh but we do have some other products we're going to be coming out with that are uh complimentary oh, cool. to uh to mm -hmm. the phones um right now we're just focused on the united states but we have yeah. people from other countries reaching out i hear from canadians two or three times a week. I'm from yeah. Canada. And so that, yeah. that's always been at the top of my list. Um, and we're trying to figure out the, the regulatory environment is really, really difficult in Canada to start new cell phone companies right now. So, you know, that's one to, that's one to figure out. Sorry, Canada, we're trying. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, in terms of, uh, of, of what to watch for, We'll always be making improvements to our to our operating system, just like this big release that introduced the remote text monitoring. We've got some other very exciting stuff planned in that vein. Um, and then, you know, product diversification and eventually geographic expansion. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Well. I'm so appreciate you stopping by today and, and talking with us, Bill. It's, it's been awesome to get to learn more about Trumi and, and to really show how you're helping children build those healthy relationship with technology and, and give them something that they, they don't feel embarrassed about yeah. that, that can grow with them as they, as they get go into teenage years. So thank you. It's been it's been great being on with you and uh, great to be with your your listeners. All right. Thanks so much. Well, everyone, thanks so much for stopping by. We will be back again later this week with with more interesting guests uh, talking about life and business. But today we had Bill Brady from True Me Wireless talking about building healthy technology relationships. Thanks so much for being here today, Bill. Thank you.
All right. Bye.